And welcome to another edition of the Twins Wrap with the television play-by-play voice of the Minnesota Twins, Dick Bramer. I am Derek Hansen with you here on the Drive Time News Hour. It's again sponsored by Jefferson Lions. And well, Dick, the uh, Twins, a tough extra inning loss on Sunday. And I think, you know, they got a five and a half game lead ahead of the Cleveland Indians. They face them this upcoming week, and we'll talk more about that in just a little bit. But I think this team, and it's not so much figuratively because they're still in an okay spot being in first place, but literally this team is kind of limping into the all-star break here. Yeah, they're, uh, you know, I think should be credited to some degree to play, you know, 500 ball or something close to it the last because that, that second a marathon extra inning game, that 18-inning loss to Tampa Bay, uh, the homestand a week and a half ago, really seemed to sap their strength a little bit. So I expect we'll see a much more rejuvenated Twins team uh, once we get the second half started uh, in Cleveland on Friday night. Because when you lose C.J. Cronin, do we talk about him enough, you know, what he has been able to do? You know, he's replacing a guy who's just got his number retired with the organization, and he's been very good, not just uh, offensively, but we forget how good Joel got to be with the glove, too. Yeah, he's really good defensively, and that allows, of course, Sano to play at third base where he's better suited to play. Uh, our eyes can move around a little bit. The main thing is they need to get Eddie Rosario back on the lineup because he really anchors not just the outfield, but the team. I think we're all looking forward to the day when We've got uh, Rosario, Buxton, and Kepler across that outfield. And the hope is that a few days rest will allow everybody to mend whatever aches and pains that they've uh, had to deal with, and they can uh, start that season in Cleveland with their full roster. You mentioned it, Eddie Rosario. I was at a Cubs game a few years ago. I think it was 15, and he turned in. He, he caught a shortstop sleeping or whatever, and I think that's when I really realized, man, this guy's just got something special about him. And that was at Target Field against the Cubs. I don't know if you remember that. but Yeah, well, he's just got an energy about him, a confidence that I think this team has missed, to be perfectly honest with you. Um, you know, it's not like this Twins team has gone 3-12 and 12 in their last 15 games. The Indians have trimmed the, the lead back because they've been playing incredibly well, as well uh, as the Twins did in the first two months of the season. So there, there will be a race. That's uh, the exciting thing. And we'll see how that first series of four between the Indians and Twins goes when we get to Cleveland on Friday. But it will be uh, better, um, uh, much better for the Twins, I think, to have Rosario hopefully back on the lineup Friday night. I want to ask you a little bit about the play. I think a lot of people have been talking about uh, going back to – the Sunday game, Byron Buxton just doing what he does. You think he's not going to, you know, be able to take up and get the third easily? And who would have thunk that was going to be the kind of deciding factor of the Twins having to go eleven innings, another extra inning game for the Twins? Yeah, it took a perfect throw from Joey Gallo, who uh, showed off his arm strength the game before when he threw in from center field all the way to the Champions Club. Uh, but he came up with a really good throw. It took a perfect throw to get Byron. And unfortunately, Scope was hustling down the line. It's not like he was, you know, tiptoeing uh, down the line. He was hustling down the line. But, you know, Byron got to third base before Scope could get home because he's a faster runner. And they ended up running themselves out of a a scoring opportunity. That run would have meant the difference between a win or a loss. So uh, not a bad play by Byron, but one of the rare times when his speed actually cost the Twins rather than the Twins benefiting from it. And it was so nice. It's nice to get Buxton back. You and I have talked about this the past couple of weeks. 
what a difference he makes. But then you mentioned Rosario out, and you know it's nice to have him back, but then all these other pieces come about. So going back to your original statement, it's just going to be nice to get this starting nine back together. Yeah, we uh, haven't seen much of that, remembering that Sano missed most of the first two months you know, when he had his lacerated heel. So uh, injuries are a part of it, and the Indians know better than anybody else, you know, what can happen if some key players get hurt. But they've gotten healthier now, at least among the position players. The Twins have been a little dinged up. So it'll be nice to see Crone at first, eventually, uh, Scope at second, Polanco at short, Sano at third, Garber Castro behind the plate, and those three guys out there in the outfield. That. That's what uh, this Twins team really is going to rely on. I, they hope in the second half a healthy roster. And not to mention the pitching staff, too. A guy who's supposed to pitch tonight, Jake Odorizzi, can't because of a blister. And you know, hopefully that can get straightened out because it would be a shame if that's nagging with all the success he's had the first half of the season. Yeah, you're gonna, you know, you've had some nagging injuries like that in the rotation. But, again, you're not going to get any sympathy from the Indians who lost Corey Kluber <laughs> yeah. to a broken arm. Mike Clevenger with a strained lat and the terrible situation surrounding Carlos Carrasco. My goodness, those are could argue that the, their top three starters, and they've all been, you know, in uh, you know out of commission for quite some time now. So, uh, yeah, you got to stay healthy, and I, I think, you know, you you've got to give the Twins front office some credit. They've they've tried to you know freshen players up and not overwork them in the first half, and I suspect that'll probably change. That they'll be a little bit more demanding of the players in the second half because a lot of time was off was given in the first half to keep the players fresher now for the second half. You mentioned it and, and you know sports are so mental and, and baseball can be too and you got to think with Cleveland playing so well you know it's one thing if you're playing for a guy because he got injured playing or whatever but when you start bringing up leukemia and cancer that's a whole different animal for people mentality that just that puts a fire in the belly for a lot of people and I don't know if that really translates to what's going on with Cleveland not being able to beat beat or what the deal is but boy that's got to really you know get a fire in that clubhouse well one of the Cleveland players said as much the other day saying we're playing for Carlos and uh, from the time that his diagnosis was, uh, you know, privately um, given to uh, the players that they have played much better baseball. Uh, they had a terrible series just, uh, what, a week ago in Cleveland or in uh, Baltimore, I should say. They were lucky to win the one game that they won. But, uh, you know, this is a team that is typically played second half, and I think the Twins front office, I think the players know that they're going to be in for a dogfight in the American League Central. The Indians are a really good team. They've got some playoff-tested players on the team that the Twins uh, don't have yet. So it's going to be an interesting race. As I said before, there are four series left, 13 games left between the Indians and the Twins. And I think we all can remember what it's been like for a team and, and the fan base to be involved in a pennant race. Well, I think we're going to have one in the second half this year. I hope it has a better ending, but Dick, does this remind you a little bit of 2001 where you know people are buzzing about this team because the Twins have been relevant for the first time in a long time, Tom Kelly's last year, and they fell a little bit short to Cleveland in the American League Central, but these two teams battling it out, Twins got off to a hot start, so this is kind of fun that way anyway. But you know, you've got to acknowledge that the Twins were, you know, they did their due diligence in bringing in players like Marwin Gonzalez and Nelson Cruz and Jonathan Scope, who've all had some postseason experience. C.J. Crone was part of a really good team, you know, with the uh, Rays last year. So those guys, I think, who, who, who weathered the pennant races in the past, 
should be able to provide some, uh, you know, uh, stability, if you will, for a roster that really hasn't gone through much of it. Although this is a team that just a couple of years ago, you know, found its way in the wild card game. So they, they know what it's like to play big series in July, August, and September. Yeah, you are right. That uh, that group that came up together and started making waves in 2001, they were all pretty green as far as any postseason experience. That is for sure. We are here with the uh, play-by-play voice of the Minnesota Twins here on this All-Star Tuesday. We uh, always talk so much about Sano, you and I have, and it looked like you know it wasn't very good. But boy, what a week he has had going into the All-Star break. That's one bad. It's too bad that this break's coming to, you know, hopefully he keeps that thing going coming up starting on Friday. Yeah, he's had much better at bats, uh, particularly on the road. Uh, I think the Texas series was a good one for him in terms of, you know, having good at bats, drawing some walks, not striking out as often. Uh, because if he can start to figure things out, he'll very quickly move his way up uh, the lineup and not, you know, hit seventh or eighth or you know wherever he's been. You know, this is a lineup that potentially could be even more dangerous in the second half if Sano has figured some things out. And can not just hit home runs, but be more of a an on base uh, producer as well by drawing some walks. This this lineup could be very formidable in the second half. Does it concern you at all though if they do move him up? I mean, it seems like he's hitting better later in the lineup. I mean, it's one of those you know, if it ain't broke, don't fix it type of things. Or does he? You just think for the strength of this team, he has to go back up to that fifth spot. Yeah, I mean, that's that'll be a game-by-game decision. You know, a lot of people have been clamoring for Byron Buxton to hit ni- uh, higher than ninth now that he's cut down on his strikeouts and has become much a much better two-strike hitter. Um, you know, uh, as you said, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Why anyone would want to tinker too much with a Twins lineup that's, you know, slugging at an historic rate, not just in Twins history, but in Major League history. They're uh, still on a pace to set the record for you know highest slugging percentage by a team over a season get more home runs than anybody else ever has so yeah i i think you'd want to be pretty delicate with the lineup in terms of making any major revisions that is for sure let's talk about the catching situation because you know mitch garver yeah i thought he was gonna have to have another marathon game he did have to catch 11 innings but uh what 17 18 and 11 this guy for no, no more for his offense, but he's done a good job defensively, and he's had he's had a grind here the past couple of weeks. Yeah, with all the extra inning games, and it's not a coincidence that the longest extra inning games uh, have been caught by Mitch. And I don't mean this in any way as a slight to Jason Castro, but uh, for Garver to catch the almost all of the 18 inning game, all of the 17 inning game, the 12 inning one, and the one Sunday against the Rangers. They've all been low-scoring games, and I think that is as good a mark as any alongside Garber's name for how much he's improved defensively, both in terms of calling a game, catching a game, throwing runners, pitching, uh, framing pitches, whatever. He's really taken uh, made huge strides this year um, in addition to the numbers he's had offensively. Now, all that said, I think it's going to be interesting to see if the Twins continue, as I suspect they will, to basically have an alternating, not so much a platoon system behind the plate, but uh, an alternating system. Only one time in the first half did the Twins have the same starting catcher three games in a row. And in that string of games, there was an off day in the middle of those three games. I expect we'll see the Twins rotating catchers regularly in the second half. And baseball is very much a copycat sport. 
And as long as the Twins are getting the results that they've gotten offensively and otherwise from their catchers, I wouldn't be surprised to see this to be kind of the template moving forward in terms of how to handle uh, handle a catching staff. Yeah, because you're right. If the postseason started today, who would who would be the main guy? Because usually that sorts itself out coming in October. But I don't know if I could put one guy way ahead of the other right now. Yeah, Garber had such a good first half. Castro got off to a good start, then you know had a bit of a, a slump, a couple of weeks where he wasn't hitting well. But he went into the break swinging the bat really well. Well, when you've got a catcher who's hitting, and uh, then you look over and you got another catcher who's hitting. Well, maybe it's the way the catchers have been handled in terms of not, you know, grinding them to dust in the first half of the year, and making them catch, you know, five games in a row before, you know, giving them a bit of a break. So I expect we'll see Garber and Castro handled in the second half, much of the way we saw them handled in the first half. Well, it's going to be a fun second half, and it really starting Friday, what a way to get going, right? I mean, I'm I'm glad they're opening in Cleveland. This is the way it should be. All right, let's get right to it. Well, you got a five-and-a-half game lead. If you're a, a follower of the Twins, your team's got a five-and-a-half game lead. And, and some of the best times I've ever had as a broadcaster is, you know, in that run we had where it seemed like it was the Twins and the White Sox every year. And those series with the, with the White Sox were so much fun, mainly because the Twins did pretty well in those series, you know, having won six of the division titles in, what, nine years. But just, you know, substitute Cleveland for Chicago because that's where the Twins are right now. Cleveland is their big rival, and we've got four series coming up with them. It should be an awful lot of fun because the Indians are playing well. Despite the, the difficulty that the Twins had the last couple of weeks, they're playing well. They've got, what, second or third best record in the league. Uh, it's going to be a fun second half, and I, and I, I think Twins fans should buckle up because this is going to be a fun second half with a lot of really great baseball. Dick, uh, I think also the, the other part of that is then we're going to start seeing who's buyers and sellers, and I think the uh, off-the-field stuff will keep people buzzing. That's a good thing. At least you know people are talking about the Twins. They want to see this team you know, improve as far as the bullpen is concerned. So that adds to the excitement, I think, as far as a fan anyway. Yeah, it will. And then you have to remember that there's no August waiver or trade deadline anymore. So all the activity will be from now till July 31st. Probably, in my mind, an overdue uh, correction for baseball to make. You know, put the focus on the on the on where now the Indians have gotten back into the race to be sure, and they played good baseball. So, a team that was thought to be a probable seller just a couple of weeks ago, well, that's probably not the case now. And so, we'll see what the, what the Indians do, what the Twins do, and uh, see how active all the contending teams are. Uh, before the trade deadline at the end of this month. Do you still enjoy the uh, All-Star game as much as ever? I, I love the announcements and all that. I mean, and there's, you know, we've had the game mean the World Series and all that. What's your take? Do you still enjoy it as much as ever? I enjoy the game. I, I completely dismiss the home run derby. That's a non-event for me. I mean, I see enough home runs during the regular season. I don't need to see the pretend ones in the home run derby. That I, I'm, I guess the year that Justin Morneau won it, and beat Josh Hamilton. I watched the final round. Uh, that's been the extent of it for me. But I do enjoy the game. I do like to see the matchups that you get in an all-star game. You know, the best pitchers of the game against the best hitters. Uh, I, I do find the game interesting. And I'm gratified to know that the players 
in baseball still look at the all-star game as a big event and something to strive for. Uh, I know it's not the case in the NFL. I suspect it's not nearly the case in the NBA or the NHL. But for me, the baseball game, the the all-star game is still something worth watching. Well, Dick, you enjoy the uh, game tonight and uh, looking forward to this upcoming weekend in Cleveland. When when we talk to you next, the Twins will be back home at Target Field after that three-game series in Cleveland for a two-gamer starting a homestand with two games against the Mets. So thanks so much. We'll talk to you again next week. You got it, Derek. Dick Bramer, the television voice of the Minnesota Twins, joins us each and every Tuesday for the Twins Wrap, sponsored by Jefferson Lines. Jefferson Lines, your number one bus experience for over 100 years, serving North Dakota and cities throughout the Midwest. Again, that starts every Tuesday, 545. And then if uh, time allows, if we do have a Couch Potato Radio with a regular Twins start with a 630 pregame show, he joins me for part two, 615 up until that 